Welcome to Hope with Jonathan podcast, where we share stories of hope. My name is Jonathan Trailer. I'm a 15-month kidney transplant recipient who faced a near-death experience back in July of 2019. I had a lot of different symptoms, chronic fatigue, swollen ankles, couldn't breathe very well, and really nauseated. And I stayed in the bed for days of what I thought was fighting the flu. No, it wasn't. It was complete kidney failure, guys. Stage 5 ESRD. Within a few days, they removed about 30 pounds of fluid. And I had to ride in a helicopter to get dialysis treatment to save my life. Listen, guys. We now try to educate people, inspire, and motivate through the power of sharing your warrior story. If you like stories like this, stay tuned. Hope with Jonathan Podcast is a Hope Media production. Never let hope become a memory. Hope with Jonathan Podcast is a Hope Media production. Hope with Jonathan Podcast is in collaboration with Impact America Media, where we give hope to patients to continue on, stay motivated, inspire, and encourage them to continue in the journey. For more information on Impact America Media, please visit impactamericamedia.com. Again, Hope with Jonathan Podcast is in collaboration with Impact America Media. Hey guys, this is Jonathan, the host of the Hope with Jonathan podcast. And hey guys, Hope with Jonathan now has a website, www.hopewithjonathan.com, where you can go over and find out where to follow us on all of our social media links, our podcast, our YouTube channel, and much more. Again, guys, for more information on Hope with Jonathan, you can go to www.hopewithjonathan.com.
guys, welcome back to Hope with Jonathan Podcast, and I'm your host, Jonathan Trailer. Hey guys, on this week's episode of Hope with Jonathan Podcast, we feature kidney warrior Brian Olivas. Brian is a kidney warrior out of Dorte, California, which is right outside of Los Angeles, California. Uh, Brian is registered at UCLA Transplant Center there in UCLA in Los Angeles, California. Brian currently is doing peritoneal dialysis, and Brian has an extraordinary story, guys. Brian was on our show uh, about a year ago. We did a live interview with him on Hope with Jonathan. It's up on the YouTube channel. You can actually go back and watch it. Uh, So Brian shared his story and shared where he was at, and I kind of felt like since it had been a year that we would bring him back on our podcast and be able to share his warrior story with us. And so Brian agreed to do so, and we brought him on. And uh, Brian's got an extraordinary story, guys. He, uh, he, he's a chef, uh, he likes to cook food, he likes to bake and uh, cook foods, and uh, he's been experimenting and uh, coming up with ideals for making renal-safe food, uh, you know, uh, renal recipes and things and, and goodies and and uh, he, he bakes uh, renal-safe food and, and cooks certain types of foods. And so uh, he's doing some, some really cool things uh, in that aspect. But Brian ultimately, guys, needs a kidney. Uh, Brian, he needs this kidney donor so that he can get his life back into uh, order again. And he kind of feels like everything's sort of, you know, in disarray and all kind of crazy for him right now. And he... He really longs for the fact that if he could get a donor, then he would be able to go back to work and kind of get a sense of normalcy back to his life. Um, When you guys listen to this story, I hope you guys will um, listen with an open heart. And uh, we definitely hope that it brings hope and inspiration to you. And uh, we definitely hope that it comes across someone that is willing to step up and be a kidney donor hero. That being said, guys, I really appreciate everyone's support uh, for Hope with Jonathan. We definitely appreciate you uh, going over and subscribing to our YouTube channel. And we appreciate everyone that's uh, getting uh, coming on and, and sharing their warrior story. Uh, the support for the shows has been incredible. And also, we really appreciate everyone for going over and checking out our website as well, hopewithjonathan.com. Guys, listen, without your support, our show is just really nothing. And so we really appreciate it. That being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and let you roll into this interview with Mr. Brian Olivas from Dorte, California. Guys, for more information about Brian Olivas, you can check out his Facebook page over at Brian Olivas Needs a Kidney. And uh, go over there and like that page. All of his information is over there. Like I said, he's registered at UCLA in Los Angeles, California. Thanks again, guys, for listening. God bless. Take care of your kidneys. This is Jonathan. Hey, guys, Jonathan here. Guys, listen, we have a brand new podcast coming out produced by Hope Media Productions called Hope Stories Podcast. Let me tell you a little bit more. We wanted to give a platform for anybody to come on and share their story and message of hope. Whether you've been through a weight loss journey, maybe you faced drug addiction and you beat that, 
Maybe you faced a near-death experience like I did with kidney disease. Maybe you went through organ failure. Maybe you had to get a liver transplant or possibly you've been through a divorce. Or maybe you really faced some real hardship and went through a traumatic experience. We'd like to give you an opportunity to share your story. So if you like stories like that, people that have beat the odds and overcome great obstacles in life, you'll definitely want to check out Hope Stories Podcast, now streaming everywhere, including YouTube. Check out Hope Stories Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Hope with Jonathan Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Trey. And hey guys, today we have Brian Olivas from California, guys. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> How are you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, a lot better than last time we've talked. That was the last <laughs> yeah. year we did an yeah, interview. It's been at least a year since we've, we've done an interview, and I wanted to bring you back on and give you... You know, give everybody an update uh, on how you've been doing and, um, you know, just discuss a few things. So why don't you uh, start off the podcast by introducing yourself and telling everybody where you're from? Uh, my name is Brian Olivas. I am in the in L.A. County. I live in L.A. County in a city called Gordy. It's about uh, 12 miles east of Pasadena. Um, so uh, I have been... Living with uh, stage five kidney failures since 2016. It's coming up to almost, it's going to be almost six years in March, I believe. Wow. End of March, beginning of April. Yeah, it'll be six years. Um, so recently, though, I've been feeling a little bit better. Uh, so like I told you, I, I went back to work. It uh, uh-huh. may be temporary. Because uh, I, like I was saying earlier, um, I was discussing with you like um, it was a job I ended up getting by accident, and uh-huh. me saying uh-huh. me saying yeah sure no problem <laughs> to helping out yep. for a few parties in the kitchen turned uh-huh. into a full time not a full time job but it's a part time job, but yep. working part time only four hours a day with kidney failure feels like eight hours. Oh, I bet. Uh, it does because you're doing dialysis and stuff like that too i do i go to i do i do i get up in the morning my re, my daily routine for the past week has been getting up at uh, like 5 30 in the morning and waiting for the dialyzer to stop so i can disconnect and clean up everything um that's after doing 10 hours overnight of pd yeah <clears throat> I go to work. Start, I start work at seven thirty in the morning. Finish at eleven thirty. Get home with enough time to shower, and then connect to a bag for a for a manual trans, uh, manual dialysis exchange. As okay. a, actually, actually, as a matter of fact, oh, yep. can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, while we've been talking. I've been getting ready to do my second bag for exchange. Okay. So I have to do I have to do two uh, dialysis exchanges a day. Yeah. 
Well, for for our viewers, our uh, listeners, uh, for those of you who don't know what PD is, it's peritoneal dialysis. And um, there's a, a tube that goes into Brian's uh, abdomen down into his uh, peritoneal cavity uh, in which uh, dialysis treatment is performed other than the other way of dialysis, which is hemodialysis, where you get uh, stuck with the uh, needles, uh, one in the venous, one in the arterial, and uh, you get you get dialysis, you get your blood cleansed that way. But Brian Brian gets his uh, his body cleansed, his blood cleansed, and all that through peritoneal dialysis. Yeah, I did I did hemodialysis for about three years. Yeah, um, yeah, and then. I think it was last year when we spoke. Is like right after my, like a few months after my surgery last year, for my yeah. um, catheter. Yeah, yeah. You, I think, yeah, you just switched over. Uh, mm -hmm. If I'm, I'm not mistaken, you actually did. You actually brought out all your supplies. This is just the audio recording, but uh, on that live video, uh, you, brought, oh, yeah. you brought out your. Uh, you showed a manual exchange and what you do and all that stuff. It was real interesting. Yep. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Now and now, so, you know, it, it, when I last year when I was first starting, I was really, every time I was nervous, and now it's just I do it like automatically. I know what to do, and it just it it's it's so easy yeah. to hook up to connect and everything, and it's, you know. Once so, in, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say since so since we hadn't talked for almost a year, so are things still pretty much the same? You know the way that you're doing dialysis and uh, home dialysis. I mean, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah. I do home dialysis now. Um, I don't it, 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 I like it so much better than in center. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I can't drink of water. <laughs> um, That's okay. Um, I get to get, I can get a lot more stuff done and, um, I don't know. I just have more freedom when I do in when I do at home dialysis. You know, even even when even with the uh, ten hour overnight, I'm connected to the dialyzer. Um, but I can, I, you know, I still have enough where I can walk out of my room. I can walk to the living room. I can watch TV there if I want. You have enough uh, tube so I have to, to use the restroom. So I'm not really confined to my bedroom. I mean, I'm stuck in the house, but still, you know, I'm not going to go out and do anything at night. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, I, I noticed how, how things have to change though, too. Like, like I said, you know, with, with work, with me working now, I have to adjust my overnight time so mm -hmm. I can wake up in time to go to work. Um, Oh, it sounds man. like you're really excited about working. I know uh, when we had talked before, you talked about uh, that's what you did before you went into kidney failure. Was you were you were working? Uh, you was you you was you a, a just a culinary specialist or a chef or what? Exactly I was a, I was the head chef at a restaurant. Okay, and I sorry? just became head chef there, and maybe like. I started at the, that job in it was February of 2016, and then by end of March, that's when my kidneys failed. So I wasn't, you know, and then by August of that year, um, yeah, I I I could feel it in my body. I'm like, I can't work 
eight hours. I mean, I would go to work right after chemo, and there were some times where I would almost pass out in the kitchen. Wow. And yeah, yeah, we're over. I could feel everything starting to black out, and so it was. It was <clears throat> doing chemo. I am, you know, and then trying to work in a kitchen, running around the kitchen, get stuff done, working over a hot grill. You know, I didn't want to hurt myself, and I didn't want anybody else to get hurt. Like if me, me falling over and pushing someone. Yep. So. Yeah. So. That's what I was like. Yeah, I I, that, I I need to go disability. Yeah, that had been a tough blow. Uh, you know, you just got named. You know, head shift. You, a lot of hard work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that. And oh, yeah. then you ulti- and ultimately end up being diagnosed with. Uh, now, I know you kind of went into sort of an emergency-type kidney failure where you really didn't know what was happening to you, but eventually yeah. you ended up in the emergency room as well? Yeah. I, you know, and this is, this is, it was stupid of me to do this, but I waited an actual week until I went to the ER because I didn't want to lose my job. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, my God, if I leave, I'm going to lose my job if I go to the hospital. So luckily enough, my boss was really like understanding. He's like, no, you need to go to the hospital now. <laughs> so when yeah. I finally told him, um, and then I went to the ER and I was thinking like, oh, it's probably a hernia or something. And then, you know, they went to the ER and then about eight hours later, they come and tell me, no, we're going to admit you to the, to the hospital. Uh, your, your kidneys are at 5% or working at 5%. So we're going to, schedule for schedule you for surgery on monday this is a friday or saturday when i went in uh, we're going to schedule you for surgery on monday for a catheter and you're going to start dialysis so somebody recently asked me too like it might have been a, a somebody on facebook asked me you know how did you feel when you first diagnosed diagnosed how did it make you feel and for me, when I thought about it, for me, it was like, you know, everything happened so fast where I didn't get a chance to think like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, how is it going to be done? You know, it didn't even give me a chance to get scared or worried. You know, I, when I when they told me, I was just, okay, okay, okay. You know, everything they said was okay because it was just so fast where I didn't yeah. even have a chance to think about it. Yeah. And... Yeah. That's kind of what happened to me, too. Really? Um, Well, a lot of medical terminology was thrown at me that, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, I did not understand. Um, Yeah, I had no education on this stuff uh, prior to my uh, kidney failures. So uh, when they started throwing words like, you know, phosphorus, fistula, uh, (laughs) all this stuff, renal dieting, uh, you know, uh, potassium, all this stuff, I was like, Man, what is this? And and what's dialysis? I have no clue. So, uh, man, it was a it was like uh, being a Mack truck by kidney disease for sure. Oh yeah. And yeah. W- one thing I've t- I told my peritoneal dialysis nurse, my do- is that you know I wish when I was told all of this what was going on and and they said they tell me that you can either have it uh, a fistula or cath peritoneal cath PD you do either hemodialysis peritoneal dialysis and for me at the time I was thinking like well I want to do the one that's not going to make me look like I'm 
sick or ill or mess or make my body look weird or something, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I wish, I wish, but I wish they would show, they didn't, they didn't show me pictures of what anything looked like or, or how it's going to be done. They said, Oh, this one's going to be in your stomach or this one's going to be in your arm. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to do the one that's in my arm. You know, <laughs> had I known about PD back then, what it's like, I would have chosen this uh, when I first started. I would right. have chosen peritoneal dialysis when I, you know, yeah. because just the feeling alone of hemodialysis, how, it, you know, coming off that machine, yeah. and how draining you feel and how sick you feel. Oh, yeah. And like my day, like once I, I, I would go in it, I would leave, get, I would get up at my days were back then where I would get up at three 30 to be ready for my ride, which came whenever they felt like it, you know, this, the transportation they set up for me and I would start, I would get to the center by four 30, four 45 in the morning and wait to get hooked on. <laughs> and then, and then get off, get home. And then my day is gone because I'm just so tired yep. and drained yep. and sick. Yeah, but I remember. I, I, would come, I would come and just crash, man. I'd take that. Yeah. Nap and, you know, my kids would be like, where's dad? And they'd be like, oh, my, my wife would say, well, um, to, you know, t- as you know, today was dialysis day. So I was, uh, I was usually in the bed for at least another hour and a half or so after I came home from treatment. I would take a, a nap, you know, because I was so oh, wiped no. out. So wiped out from hemodialysis. In center was rough for me. I mean, I had a lot of ups and downs with my uh, fistula being um, infiltrated and getting all uh, bruised and banged up, and and blood yeah, pressure dropping. Yeah, blood pressure dropping toward the end of treatment, and just uh, and when I say dropping, I mean it would be like eighty over fifty sometimes. I mean, oh man! Would, yeah, they would tell me, st- you know, stand up, not stand up, and. Sh- I'd nearly fall back into the chair because it was, it just hit me all of a sudden, you know, and uh, they would run that, do the, they would do a sitting blood pressure and standing blood pressure. And they usually that standing yep. blood pressure would get me every time. And um, yep. but they would literally have to make me drink fluids or either give me back fluids sometimes while I was on the <laughs> machine. So yeah, see, and I didn't like that because it's like when I had a, when I would set a goal, like I'm going to try to take this much off Yeah, because you know, and then it's like, oh no, we got to put some more back up. No, I don't want that. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. But you know what it happened was you'd hit your dry weight, and uh, you were pulling. You know, they were pulling too much fluid off, and it it takes time to kind of find that uh, happy place with uh, your you know your dry weight and all that stuff. And hemo, I don't know, man. It always seemed like a game. It's almost like you had to make a game out of it. You know, with your fluids yep. and how much food you could eat and what type oh, of yeah. foods and. Uh, because you know you get that hidden fluid from like vegetables and salads and whatever else mm-hmm. you've been eating, so you had to really oh, yeah. be careful. So yeah, with and with PD, I don't get any of that feeling. You know that that nausea. And like like I say, when I wake up in the morning, I disconnect, and then like an hour and a half later after disconnecting, I'm off to work. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. Well, that- that's awesome, I see, man. I, I mean, peritoneal sounds like a, it's a, it's been a great fit for you. Yeah, I'm waiting to see how it does next year. Um, next year, I'm I may do some traveling. I may be going to New York next year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that with, when I went to New York before and I did dialysis out there, I was lucky enough there was a center like right by where I was staying. So I took a Uber there first, but I'm like, oh my God, it's that close. I walked back to the hotel from the dialysis center. That's how close it was. <laughs> oh, oh um, wow. Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, you did. Um, so I know that, but I know that when I go next time, it's it's easier for me um, because I can take my dialyzer with me. And the dialyzer I have, you, uh, the, I'll have to, I, you see how a picture, I think you have, where it's, it's, it's about the size of a printer. So it's really small. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, and they're making them smaller and smaller. It seems like the more modern day uh you know yeah. times and stuff with technology it seems like that yeah they're then, getting more smaller yep and then the company they send me this the my dial dialysate supplies mm-hmm. so all i have to do is take my dialyzer and they ship all the bags there to the hotel so awesome awesome that's a great thing about home dialysis is it's liberating i mean it gets you out of the center you can do dialysis on your time. And then if you want to travel or go somewhere, you know, that gives yeah. you that liberty. Whereas versus if you're doing in center, man, you're locked into that three day schedule and yep. you know, it's their schedule. It's not, it's not based on your schedule and that's your chair time. And it's hard to get out of that schedule unless you ultimately get lucky and get to switch with someone in there or you switch over to home dialysis and, I'm a yep. huge advocate of uh, home dialysis. I just think it, if you're going to do dialysis, you might as well do it on your terms. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, like I said, if I had known about it when I first started, I would have been doing it then. So, yeah. Yep. So, guys, listen, Brian is in uh, Dorte, California. Uh, was it right outside of right LA? Up. It's in, inside of LA County, you said? Yeah. Yeah, it's LA County. Yeah, and you're you're registered at UCLA Hospital there, transplant. I am. Center? Yep, UCLA. Yep. Yep. And so, how long how long have you been listed there in UCLA? Um, five years. Uh, I was like I said, I was diagnosed in 2016, but after the testing, um, you know, to be put on a list, I wasn't put on a list until 2017. So, okay. Okay. So it's been, um, I've, 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 I've been coming up to six years being diagnosed, but five years on the, on the list. What's your blood type, uh, Brian, if you don't mind disclosing with us? Um, oh, no, I don't mind. It's O positive. Okay. So I am looking for somebody with either O negative or O positive blood. Yep. And that's the thing about O. The unique thing about O is O can only accept an O kidney, but they can give yep. to any other blood type. So they, they're they like the miracle blood type for all the other blood types, but unfortunately, O can only accept an O. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of funny and unique the way that that one works. But uh, that's the reason why O is the most common. You know, O is the most common blood type, but the thing is, is they go so quickly because – the other blood types can accept the uh, O. And so as yeah. soon as one comes available, man, they're gone, you know, and that's the reason why Brian's probably still waiting. Uh, any, any updates at all as far as maybe like a, what they talk about a deceased donor, cadaver donor kidney? No, nothing lately. Um, <clears throat> I haven't heard anything from UCLA about it yet. 
I do know that. I mean, with California, the wait time, mm-hmm. you know, it's they they say it's five to ten years. Uh, yep. But I know that there have been some patients that have waited that have been waiting a lot longer than that that live here in California. Yep. You know, so like you said, you know, with oh, it's they come and they go. And if if you get one, you're lucky to get one. Yeah. No. Uh, I got some friends out there, and uh, they said the same thing. Uh, you know, you got Chris Acosta out there, and uh, I got a friend, oh yeah, I got, Philip, I got a Philip Harris Jones Jr. He lives in L.A., and uh, he was telling me the same thing that the wait time is pretty long for uh, a kidney out there. Uh, San Antonio area here in Texas, I was told uh, about a about a five to six year wait for an old kidney. Um, oh so, wow. Yeah, so I got man, I got really blessed when I got direct double yeah. direct to. So uh, yeah, so a family decided that uh, when their family member passed, that they would direct donate to me, and it was amazing, man. Or I'd probably be waiting, you know, just like you. Um, yeah. But you know, just a fortunate situation that someone stepped up and decided to sign the back of their driver's license, and an unfortunate situation happened when the when the person passed but um it turned into a uh, a beautiful situation because uh other people uh, got to continue living uh yeah, by the power, yeah. power of donating life and um but if if anyone listening is interested at all uh, more about brian they can actually find brian on facebook and mm-hmm. uh it's brian is it brian olivas needs a kidney uh brian olivas yeah, if I remember finding that way. Okay, so they can reach out to Brian Olivas on Facebook and uh, and talk with him more uh, for more information. Like I said, we've already talked about where he's listed at, and uh, Brian Brian actually uh, has a really cool concept. Uh, now that he's a kidney warrior, where you know he's incorporated a little bit of uh, some renal recipes and things like that that he's doing. Oh Let's yeah. Talk a yeah. little bit about that, Brian. Well, I was trying to get some, when I was at in center, you know, I would always um, want to have something to eat. So I just started doing some baked goods. You know, I would bake myself some uh, muffins in the morning or, you know, to take there for myself. <clears throat> and then, I just started, you know, other patients were like, oh, what do you have to eat? Oh, I made this. I mean, you know, you know, once I started to get starting to get to know some of the, uh, the patients I would sit next to, I would bring them food and they liked it. So I was like, oh, you know what? I there's nothing like this around, you know, for re- for dialysis patients, you know, and it's really hard for patients to find food to eat, you know, going to the store, you know, especially in, in going to a restaurant. Yeah, and then like I said, you know, we were talking about how tired we are when we get home from hemo. Nobody feels like cooking, <laughs> so yeah, that's the last thing I think anybody would want to do. I just want to go home and rest. Exactly. So, so I just started my baking and baking, and um, I started selling some in center. You know, that I got permission from the. Owners of the dialysis center, yeah, you can sell. You know, that's fine. You know, it's something you know patients need and something you you do. So yeah, that's fine. So started doing that. Started making menus and everything. And then 
my that's around the time when my fistula gave out it broke mm-hmm. so I had surgery so it was just a waiting period of just getting surgery done surgery so I put everything on hold mm-hmm. and then right when it, right when I'm ready to start doing it again that's when COVID hit last year so you know never was really strict like you can't go in the yeah. center if you're not there so I got put on hold again. Yeah, so COVID kind of dropped a bomb on everybody. Oh yeah, it just did. It well, just actually, put, it, it, it halted you know, everything. <laughs> oh yeah, it put everything yeah. hold. It, it helped me though because uh, I realized lately I'm like, oh, well, I was not even close to being ready or start selling because if I did, that would have been uh, would have been disaster. But anyway, um. About a few months ago, a friend of mine contacted me, and she said, "You know, I know you you make food for yourself. Could would you mind for since you're a dialysis patient, would you mind making some food for another friend that just uh, his kidney failed, so he needs to be eating right, and he's not eating right, and he's really unhappy. So, would you mind, you know?" cooking some food and I'll pay you for it. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, okay. no problem. I'll help somebody out. So yep. started cooking all this food, making different types of food. You know, I've made different um, everything I make, I try to keep it low in sodium, low in sugar. Um, I've made sandwiches, I made breakfast for this person. Um Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, I've made them all for him. And, you know, it was going really well. And then I probably won't be start. I've had some people interested, like helping me out now, which is good. I've been trying to find a kitchen to work out of um, where I can sell my stuff. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to start selling my stuff weekly at a farmer's market. Or if I'm just going to try to do pop-up events at different dialysis centers. Um, I've even no, had somebody really, me. That sounds really cool. Like, I mean, these are all renal safe. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all food. real food. So there's a lot of patients out there that need food. And more and more patients every day. So it's, you know. And I've even had somebody say, well, why don't you do a renal food truck? <laughs> so... Oh man, so, that sounds awesome! Really, I mean, so, imagine being able to pull up at a dialysis center and with a renal yeah. safe truck, and there you go. I mean, you got food there for the patients that, uh, and you know, and 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 for them, it would feel like you know they they were going to like a a, a regular food truck, but you know, it would all be renal safe for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's just. Um, yeah, and I, I, I've had, I've had, there's that, there's, uh, I have a friend of mine, she, she and I just recently talked about, you know, trying to get an actual location, you know, like a place where I could actually have people come in to eat and something. So I don't know, yeah. we'll see about that. Yeah, it sounds incredible, I'm, man. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on that one. I like the food truck idea, though. It sounds awesome, really. 
Brian, if you don't mind me asking, what did they ultimately diagnose you with uh, that caused your, your no failure? What did they diagnose me with? Well, I mean, was it your type 2 diabetes, hypertension? Did you have Oh, uh, it was, it was, um, oh, it's, it was hypertension, yep. diabetes, um, okay. mainly those two. Yeah. Um, it didn't help at the time. What didn't help was I used to smoke, which mm -hmm. helped, which, you know, I, I tell all my friends now that smoke, that smoke. I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, I know yeah. why. Yeah. I know it helps you feel less stressful, but it's going to cause you a lot more stress later on. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So it was, it was mainly those two things. Yeah. Um, well, those are the top leading causes of chronic kidney yeah. disease. Diabetes being number one, hypertension number two. And if yep. they're left untreated or if you're not managing them very well, they definitely can do damage to your kidneys and eventually cause you to go into renal failure. Most definitely. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I was shocked when they said like, Oh, your kidneys are working at 5%. I went, what? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I, it, it happened to me too, Brian. I, I was, I mean, they literally, I got carted to the ER. I was having trouble breathing. My ankles were severely oh, wow. swollen. I was very sick and nauseated. I was in the bed. I thought I was fighting the flu. And then they come rushing in after they did the blood work and said, how long have your kidneys been filled? And I said, um, I just found out. You just told me. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. It was literally happened just like that. And I was in shock, too. So I definitely can understand. Oh, yeah. So, so, Brian, after experiencing, I mean, you've been on the wait list for five years, and I'm sure you've had a lot of ups and downs. Where, where's your support coming from right now that keeps you want to want to keep you going? Um, well, my family, my family, they keep me busy. Um, uh, I spend a lot of time with my dogs. <laughs> yeah, I see you. Yeah, I see like, you on Facebook with them. Yeah, I see you on social media with your posts and your pictures with them. And you know what? Pets are very therapeutic. I have two cats here, so I, oh, yeah. I can understand. I can understand the connection. If I didn't have my dogs, I'd probably go nuts. Uh, you know, I know you've seen the, the my posts where my 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 youngest dog watches TV with me. <laughs> 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 um, he actually watches he actually gets excited now and he actually knows when I put on dog TV he, oh wow you know, yeah if, and he, if he sees me picking up the remote control he'll start whining because he wants to watch TV wow uh, yeah so but there's that um, um, you know when I before I used to try to get out and do stuff um, when I was on Hemo. So that's something I want to try to start doing again. I, I, I'd go to different museums, you know, I would go just, I would take the, the trains, the, the subway out to just do whatever. Like I'd take it down to the beach. Um, you know, I, I, that kept me busy. Um, but right now with work, that's, that's one thing that's, you know. Yeah. 
that so, I enjoy doing. So family is your is your biggest support, and then of course your pets, your uh, your fur babies. They're your biggest oh, yeah. support too. I have, too. I, have, I have some I have some close friends that help me out too. That that really that they check up on me or they just they keep in touch with me. Um, I have one friend who lives out in uh, West Hollywood that she and I talk quite a bit. You know, you know, and yeah. Uh, the the it, it, it's not that far, but I hate driving in LA. Oh, yeah, I hate driving in LA. <laughs> I, I could imagine. I could imagine. So, so I usually take the train out there, but right now there has been a lot of trouble with crime on the train. So I might. Oh, I'm not going to do that right now. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that keeps me busy. And it's always good to find, you know, support on Facebook too. Social media helps out. Um, yeah. Yep. And for a while, I would write. I used to write down how I would feel. Yeah. You know, to help me realize what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've seen some of my posts where I've get I've gotten depressed over the sure. I mean, it. There were there were times when. Like when I when I was first like I said when I was first diagnosed I didn't have time to think about it and then I was like oh no problem it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and it wasn't until maybe like four months later where it hit me it's like oh my god this is really sucks you know and I realized how much my life had to change yeah and then it was slowly like you notice the friends who were really friends and the ones who weren't like you see one slipping away. Like, yeah. Oh, they're not around anymore. And, and, that, and, that, and that part really hurts. Like that's mm-hmm. when you really realize, man, you know, you're you're cutting, you're separating your your yeah. true friends from your ones that were not so loyal to you. And oh, yeah. That yeah. that can be devastating. It really can. Yeah. That that when that happened, when I saw that happening, <clears throat> that's when I get really depressed for a while and. Um, I was just getting angry. I was just upset and you know, and sad at the same time. And yeah. you know, um, I was like, "Oh, that sucks." You know, my life. You know, nothing's gonna happen now, and blah blah blah. And yeah, uh, so it, no, it, I understand because sometimes social media is a good platform to express yourself, but you know, some people may. I don't know, interpret it the wrong way or, or, or not yeah. understand what you're going through. And they don't yeah, and it, it, everybody, everybody's going to handle it differently. I mean, everybody, yeah. you know, I know that I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody who's gotten this disease has gotten depressed about it, you know, but it's just Absolutely. your support system, what you go through. Um, even like at the beginning, you know, if people are trying to help and you don't see it, you don't, you'll see it later on if you're, you know, you know, if, if, if you have a really good support, they'll help you get through. If not, yeah, that's sad. Um, yeah. But it, it also helps having hobbies, you know, to keep you busy. Right. Um, I would actually, yeah, I would even go for walks sometimes. Well, Oh man, walks are huge. Like I, I mean, I'm a I'm a transplant recipient, and I go on walks all the time. It's so, it's like a, a mental cleansing for me. Yeah, uh, 
you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Just to get out and feel the nature and the wind blowing and listen to the birds and just clear your yep. mind of all the garbage throughout the day, especially you know, when you get down. Hey, sometimes just getting out of the four walls, oh, my God. I mean, it just, oh, it yeah. just it does something for you. It really does. Yeah, because so, when I, the depression sometimes when I, like, it, when I just being stuck at home, you know, you feel like you're stuck in, like you said, you for these four, you're stuck in these four walls, and it feels like it's, it feels like a prison. Like you're confined here, you can't go anywhere because you know you have to do your dialysis or you're tired. So you know, I felt I felt trapped. Yeah, you were stuck here, but it you have you have. Uh, you have to change your situation. You have to change how you feel. You have to find something to do. Yeah. Um, like with me, the cooking, my cooking, that's the thing that's keeping me going now. And it's, it's me wanting to do this business, not just for me, but for all these other dialysis patients now. You know, I want to be able to help them out. So it's something that they don't have to feel stressed about. You know, that, like I said, with the cooking, it's, you know. Yeah, if I can help I people, eat right. No, right. I'm glad. I'm glad you have that uh, as a as you know something that gets your mind off of things, and you know you just started a, a new position that you know I don't know yep. how long long term it'll be, but uh, right now I think it's a healthy thing for you. Definitely get you I out of so the too. house. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's helping me. It's help. It's helping me get out of the house. It's helping me. Um, realize what I need to do for my business in order to get it started. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm trying to look at it more than just me getting out of the house and making some extra money, you know, because, oh, God, being on di on disability, too, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people think that when you get on disability, you're making the same amount of money that you did. It's absolutely oh. uh, the exact opposite is, oh God. You, you know, you just get enough to – keep you barely afloat and then after that's gone it's it's gone and oh, that's, yeah. for, I mean, that's for the month <laughs> i'm lucky oh, i was able to move back home yeah um because i you know when i went on disability i had my own apartment and <clears throat> not long after that i was like i can't afford it <laughs> so so luckily enough i could move back home uh, but even moving back home and helping out with the rent, I'm still like, oh, wow, I got 10 bucks left for the month. No, not 10 bucks, but you know what I mean. Oh, I know um, exactly what you mean. But it feels no. like you only have like $10 a month, you know. Literally, so. literally, I, I know. And uh, and then some people are paying for their their uh, medicines and, uh, yeah. so, you know, whatever they need. And, uh, man, you know, like I said, the money yeah. goes quick, so. Um, yeah, people that I mean, are people, it, people, people on disability, they're just they're they're living they're living life. Uh, you know, they're stretch. They know how to stretch a dog. That's for sure. Oh yeah, and it, I, if I didn't have my family back home too, <clears throat> I always say like I would probably be homeless because yeah. this disease just it affects more than just your health. I mean, it affects everything. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Brian, I got one last question for you, and then uh, we'll close out the podcast. Um, so, Brian, you know, you've been on the wait list for quite a while. 
and uh you know it sounds like a, a kidney would be just man just life changing so just give you an opportunity to tell everyone out there what it, what a kidney would do for you right now oh wow well a kidney would give me a second chance at life meaning that i'd be able to do uh get back to work full time um enjoy more time with my friends that I don't get to see um, just to have more experiences and not miss out on any chances that would come my way. Like, you know, not, not, well, I was, how was I say not regretting anything, you know, um, missed opportunities. Um, but and then, and then also, like I said, just helping out the dialysis community with, I'd be able to focus 100% with, with this work, with cook, being able to cook for patients. Because, like I said, I, I've seen, you know, I suffer from it. And I would yeah. really want to help out to the community. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, just like what happened to me, it sounds like the kidney disease definitely has uh, changed you and yeah yeah it, it changes how you view things yeah um and what's important and you know just it, it's more important to find something to be happy about yeah i think yeah. I, I think there's a sense of uh a new a, a new sense of gratefulness for the smaller things in life you know what i mean oh yeah um yeah definitely look at things in a little bit different of perspective as before kidney failure than you do now um, oh yeah yeah and once you get the kidney like me and if you you know you're blessed with a, a kidney transplant then you really start to look at things in a whole new dynamic and you say you know what i don't want to go back there ever again but you know, I kind of feel like I owe a due diligence to do something and help people out. And it sounds like you've already got a plan to to do that if you get a kidney. You know, it sounds like you want to help uh, renal patients continue to eat uh, safe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's one less thing they have to worry about if I can help them out, you know, because we're already worried about, like, you know, with the medication we have to do, the scheduling we have to do. Um just every little detail of a, of a patient's life. And then on top of that, it's like, I'm hungry. I'm too tired to drive anywhere. And I'm too tired to cook anything. Yeah. You know, if I could have something where it's ready to eat for them, where, like I said, the meal, I've, the meals I've made, all, all my friend had to do was just pop it in the oven or the microwave. And that's it. Yeah. It's already ready. Yeah. Well, Brian, again, man, I really appreciate you sharing with us on uh, Hope with Jonathan podcast. Man, uh, incredible interview, great information shared, and uh, it's been a privilege to uh, interview you. And uh, for more information, guys, you can definitely reach out to Brian. Leave us on, on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out to me. Definitely reach out to me if uh, anyone out there is interested and possibly want to become a potential donor for Brian. Like I said, he's O, o blood type. Uh, he's also uh, he's listed at uh, UCLA out there in uh, Los Angeles, California, and uh, I'm pretty sure UCLA uh, participates in the uh, Parrot Exchange program. Uh, yes, they do. 
So uh, definitely, if uh, you're not a compatible blood type, you can still donate on behalf of Brian. Uh, and then uh, Brian would end up ultimately receiving a kidney by way of your donation. Uh, even though it wouldn't be your kidney, it would be someone else's. But uh, you would help out Brian uh, by being a donor to uh, by way of him. So. Uh, that would be a that would be an awesome thing for anyone out there that you know is a, a, a complete match for Brian. But uh, Brian, again, man, I really appreciate you with me and uh, talking with me tonight. And uh, like I said, uh, you sound like an incredible person. Uh, I definitely want to see you get uh, and uh, get get involved with the uh, you know your cooking and all that for renal patients. That sounds amazing. Uh, so man, uh, you hang in there, stay safe, oh, thank try, you. To, try to stay as possible. And again, I appreciate it. Hope you have a blessed evening. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. No problem. You have a good one. Take care. You too. Thanks. No problem. KidneySolutions.org a network of transplant experience. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. KidneySolutions.org Kidney transplantation is an excellent option for patients with kidney disease who want to live a life free of dialysis. Kidney Solutions is facilitated by transplant professionals recipients, and living donors who want to assist patients in finding a living kidney donor and help them and their families through the pre- and post-transplant process. You can contact Kidney Solutions at 830-285-2140. Again, kidneysolutions.org a network of transplant experience. Hey guys, go over to www.kidneywarriormerch.com. Submit your story today and get a shot at being the Warrior of the Month. If you're selected as the Warrior of the Month, you'll get a chance to interview with Hope with Jonathan podcast. Whether you're a kidney 
warrior kidney uh, dialysis patient or even a kidney transplant patient or maybe you've just been diagnosed with kidney disease go over to www.kidneywarriormerch.com and submit your story today kidney warrior merch is a supporter of hope with jonathan podcast again guys that's www.kidneywarriormerch.com Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to the Hope with Jonathan podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Brian Olivas from Los Angeles, California. Uh, he actually resides in Dorte, California, but it's close enough to Los Angeles. Again, guys, he's registered at UCLA, and he's also got a Facebook page over there at uh, Brian Olivas Needs a Kidney. Listen, guys, I really appreciate everyone for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Definitely go over and check our website out at hopewithjonathan.com. And guys, just stay tuned for, for more great interviews from Hope With Jonathan. Hope you guys will stay safe out there. Remember to love on everyone. It's a great time of year to visit uh, all of your loved ones and, and hang out with some people that maybe you haven't uh, hung out with all year long. Maybe... Uh, call someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time or just go visit someone that you know you haven't seen or, or spoke with in a while hey guys i hope you guys will stay safe take care of your kidneys and god bless you this is jonathan